I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Bratislava, Berlin and Tirana. Uh, I'm David. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. Uh, yes, uh, and you, you can you can hear that it is uh, David and Mark and not Henry, because I explained last time, um, uh, last week when we had a break, uh, Henrik is taking some time off, and uh, Mark uh, jumped in, uh, and he will be f- with us, I hope, for uh, a long time. <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, Mark is not staying in Berlin, but he's there for a special reason, and uh, I'll, I'll let Mark explain. Yeah, special reason is correct. Uh, I was at the Republika, and first of all, thank you very much for having me, David. It's a real pleasure that I can be on the podcast. I mean, regular listeners uh, know my voice because I was on the, what was it, the third episode of the podcast or fourth? I don't remember. I was nice. <laughs> so it's a yeah, real pleasure for me. And now back to Republika. Um, some of you might know Republika, a big, very big conference in Berlin where like the community of journalism, digital journalism, tech, tech guys, gamers, and so on meet and have thousands of sessions. But everyone is referring to it as like um, a meeting with your school class. <laughs> and that's actually how it is because I didn't even go to a session um, I to just talk to people about digital journalism. So actually what we do here in the podcast and yeah, Tillman wasn't there and that's why we have him here. Isn't that correct, David? Uh, yes, that's right. So um, in short, we can uh, introduce our uh, guest this week. So his name is Tillman Wagner. He works for Deutsche Welle and he works for the innovation team. And actually, I met with uh, Tillman in Perugia during the International Journalism Festival, uh, which was like one month ago, was it? And uh, yeah, I so welcome, Tillman. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. And if you could just in short, like, uh, uh, could you tell us about your career in journalism so far? Yes, um, my career. Well, <laughs> um I'm I'm kind of what you call a Zeit a Quereinsteiger. So um, I haven't done a volunteeriat or anything. I haven't gone straight to to journalism, but uh, I've I've done I've done a master's program or what they called a diploma back then in in uh, media technology and media production, and then was kind of aiming for for the journalistic field, but ended up in, in IT, which as we all know is not the worst these days, but Still, I you know, working just in IT was was not really what I really wanted to. So, moved on to Deutsche Welle and added um, another master's to my um, to my education and did the, um, a master's program that Deutsche Welle Academy is offering to international media studies. So, dived more into um, the actual field of journalism, and then just combined both of it, um, the technical background and the journalistic. Um, education and uh, started working for Deutsche Welle's innovation team, which is where I'm now, where I've been for the last uh, well, three and a half years almost. Yeah, I started back in 2013. How old is the innovation team at Deutsche Welle? Oh, the innovation team itself is is a lot older than that. Um, I guess it kind of depends on where you start counting um, because our head, our department head started this um, 
like 15 years ago or so um, with colleagues in, in Brussels, um, more on a, yeah, like a, like a, well, that's a call it hobby, but, but they started, they, they took on a project and from there it just grew and grew. Um, and now we're, we're 15 or 16 people. Oh, um, I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, as I found out <laughs> in Perugia uh, with the folks I was there from Slovakia, I'm not sure about uh, the guys from other countries, but a few people I talked to, they know of like Deutsche Welle, that it exists. It's a big organization, but they actually don't really know what it is about. And uh, if you remember, we had this like long talk and you explained me like in real detail uh, what what Deutsche Welle is uh, is about but could you just like for the listeners who maybe don't know I'm sure Mark knows but just yeah. just for the, the listeners uh, like in really short like what what Deutsche Welle is about yes I'll, I'll try to keep it short <laughs> um, I, might, I might have bombarded you with details in Perugia it's true in short, Deutsche Welle is the the international foreign broadcasting service for, from Germany. So comparable to the BBC World Service, maybe, or um, CNN World Service, or France 24, or even in a way to Russia Today, at least from the international aspect and the um, the headquarters in, in the country where it originates. And we are located in, in Bonn and in Berlin. Those are our two, uh, two places. Um, and we, as Deutsche Welle, produce produce international news with a German perspective. Um, the, the head slogan is "Made for Minds." We're trying to reach out to um, to decision makers, to to people in in countries around the world, um, and give them a a uh, unbiased view um, on on international news and also on on German news. Uh, it used to be a little bit something like from the heart of Europe. Now we can debate whether Germany is the heart of Europe, but at least geographically it was the idea that it's coming from from Central Europe. It's funny because we said that Slovakia is the heart of Europe. I guess every country <laughs> in Europe says that about like itself. My history teacher always said that we're wrong about thinking we're Central Europe. It's it's more like, yeah, Poland, Slovakia, we're Western Europe. <laughs> so, but Tillman, the difference between like let's say i think people know ard and zdf and deutsche welle is that deutsche welle is like germany's public broadcaster and it's like from the state and the other public broadcasters are like not connected to the state as such right um deutsche welle is it's considered a public broadcaster um so it also belongs to the ard family but you're right we we differ in the in the way that we get funded, you know. Whereas ID and ZDF, the two big public broadcasters, are are funded through the special fee that is collected separately. Um, Deutsche Welle is funded through tax money. So, I mean, there's also sometimes the criticism, right, that, that we are somewhat of a state media, um, even though there, there's this very specific law for Deutsche Welle in uh, in the German law system that that states that. Deutsche Welle is funded through tax money, but is independent from the government. Um, and the government has no direct say in the program um, and in the in the hierarchy in Deutsche Welle. Yeah, no. is, so is it uh, is it comparable to like the to other broadcasters in Europe? So is BBC like really comparable? Um, I would say yes. I mean, we're. Well, I mean, of course, we all know that the BBC 
is both internal and or national and international. So it, their system, I mean, it is one company. Um, and where we're definitely not comparable is the amount of money that we get. The BBC gets a lot more money than we do. Um, but but from the term, you know, the structure and also the the um, the mission of BBC World Service, it's comparable, yes. And like like I said before, France 24 is, I think, the French example that goes into a similar direction. If, if you remember, in Perugia, we talked a lot about um, innovation and how do you proceed uh, innovation because you, you work in the innovation team. So uh, can you just tell, like, what do you do in the innovation team and what's your role? And maybe we can talk about some projects. Yeah, sure. Um, so we as an innovation team... Um, we gave ourselves the mission you know, to to work on technology to tell big stories better. That's kind of our slogan. Um, basically, we're trying to participate and, and also research um, in the field of journalism and journalism projects to to develop new ways of storytelling, to develop new technologies, um, to experiment with these things, um, look at current trends and see how they work or how they can be um, improved and then transport this knowledge into Deutsche Welle, into the main um, the main organization and, and teach our journalists how to work with them or give them ideas of how they can apply these things to their daily work and by that improve, improve their storytelling, improve their journalism um, and their processes. Um, that's kind of like on our mission side <laughs> and in the daily work we um we do participate in in different national and internationally funded research projects um so we're we get a lot of money and we participate a lot in um eu funded projects some of you might have heard of horizon 2020 which is like an investigation and not investigation sorry an investment program by uh, the european commission and they have um, calls every six months, and you apply for for a project within a certain call, um, following a specific topic, and you you can basically write your idea into this proposal and say, okay, this is what I would like to do, and then you, if you if you if you're good enough, <laughs> you win this proposal together together with other partners, usually between six and nine ish. Um, and then you have about three years' time and the money to to actually do this research on on this the thing that you described. And that's what we that's what that's our main work. We we participate in around eight projects, I think it is right now. Um, on the EU level, and then we also have some other um, projects that or other programs that we participate in, like national ones coming from um, the Ministry for Education and Research. Uh, or also the Google DNI fund, or maybe even the Facebook, you know, the Facebook journalism fund. We haven't participated in that one, but but of course that's a possibility. For me, I work for a public broadcaster as well, you know. And so, are you like um, a part of a certain team, like radio or TV or internet stuff, or do you just do your own stuff and support like the other the other teams? Yeah, historically. We are part of, of the technological department, so the IT department. Um, but always, we've always been a bit independent from, from the daily work in the department. 
um, and that's still kind of the case. But now we have strong ties to the editorial department. Um, but still, it's basically that we do our work and then we, we offer our knowledge to the editorial department and also to the technical department um, through workshops, through direct interactions, um, and um, yeah, exchanges on a, on, a, on a bilateral level. So it always depends. Maybe I can give you an example. For example, we had a project called Reveal, which you might have heard of, which is very strongly focused on, on verification of user-generated content. Um, the project itself is finished now. It was a three-year project that ended last year. Um, but all the knowledge that we gained through this project, where, where we focused a lot on the dissemination of the project, so we, we were doing the website and we were writing articles on verification and on verification tools and processes, and all the knowledge that we gathered through this work, we shared with our editorial departments at first through um, simply you know, telling them, oh, there's this new tool that you can use, you should try this. Um, then through actual workshops where we where we told ta taught our journalists at Deutsche Welle um, about the processes that we've been looking at. And then eventually really by, by going into the department and, and working with them on the verification of news. And this is, I mean, this is like our success story. Um, this, this project itself has then actually led to, to Truly Media, which was um, funded or is still funded through Google DNI where we're actually working on a very specific verification tool that allows journalists to pull in user-generated content and verify together with other journalists um, and then share the verified content with their colleagues for news stories. So you're kind of a lab for the, the whole uh, broadcast, like the, the for the whole company, you can say that? Officially, I cannot say that <laughs> because there is now a lab <laughs> and, and we are... Like I said, we're a bit independent, but but in a way we're working like a lab, yes. So you're experimenting and then like um, uh, transferring your knowledge, right? Exactly. And I mean, we have within these, the, the nice thing is that within these EU projects, we have a lot of, um, a lot of flexibility to, to play with things, to experiment with, experiment with things, um, and then use that again to you know, pass it on to our journalists. Do you think that the term like Deutsche Welle innovation is correct then? <laughs> um, yeah, I still think it's correct. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe I have to I have to give you some insights into Deutsche Welle uh, Deutsche Welle organizational structure. We the, the the name's actually going to move someplace else. So within the organization we're we're now um, what is the name again? A research and collaboration or something because like i said there's now an official dv lab and the innovation focus is now more on their side um but i still think that yes innovation was was um a, a fitting name as as we were doing in the projects we're doing some some research work that was ahead of well ahead of the time but but it was innovative or still is innovative yes and uh, this nice. r&d lab that started like a few years back or you're like parallel structures like two labs within uh, one organization 
actually this this lab just started a month ago or so um and it's it's part of a, a restructuring that's that started two years ago when our new director started um so of course he's made a lot of changes and then he's he's restructured the uh, organization well to to better adapt to to new requirements and i'm i'm pretty sure you both can relate to that um Deutsche Welle was still, or in a way still is, very much um, structured around the television, radio, and online departments. And of course, you know, this this just gets mixed up more and more, and uh, there's no real separation anymore, or it doesn't make sense to have it anymore. So now this is this ongoing process in Deutsche Welle, of course, brings up new departments now and then, and the lab was one of them. And is the lab? With uh, with with colleagues of you who were still at Deutsche, uh, who were already at Deutsche Welle, or did they just hire new staff, or is it even from your DW Innovation some guys going over to the lab? Yep, the um, it's it's only people from within Deutsche Welle. They didn't hire external ones for this, um, and they actually brought together two people from the editorial side and one from from the technical side, so to speak. But it was actually one of my colleagues. Um, our dear and best developer <laughs> who, who is now who's now leading or co-leading the lab for at least a year or two and then we'll see whether he comes back or or whether he'll continue with the lab but so we have a strong connection to the lab nice and uh, we can, after a month can you tell tell us some like projects or what they are working on i cannot really go into the details because i i simply don't know them because i wasn't there when they were presented and i have to be careful not to not to go anywhere where i'm not supposed to go now <laughs> oh, I see. um no but no but but i mean the idea of the lab that that i can tell you for sure is is um to to ask people within the organization whether they have ideas um about new ways of storytelling new formats um so things that they want to experiment with um, that they can that they can send into the lab so they can apply for some lab time um, and if they get if they get granted the time and and the resources then they have I think it's between like three months and and or less than that and three months something like that um, to work on their idea and, and actually prove that their idea is useful or that their idea works um, and then it gets evaluated again and it you know depending on on the um on the state of of the idea it then can be integrated into the actual editorial process or maybe be worked on a bit further that depends but the idea is really to have people inside Deutsche Welle bring forward ideas experiment with them and then maybe bring them to the program but is it okay for them like also to fail some ideas might not might not work eventually um, but you can only find out by by yeah by experimenting by doing it right yeah, so definitely. failing is part of a process that's my understanding of the, the of the lab but like i said they they really just kicked this off um a few weeks ago maybe two weeks ago so that so no idea has been worked on yet and i i don't know where it'll where to go exactly but i do think it's part of the process okay i'm back to you then <laughs> uh when we were talking um, uh, in Italy uh, about innovation, uh, I was suggesting that um, in Czech Republic that the uh, Czech radio is doing a lot of innovation and um, 
other broadcast uh, like other media is nothing behind but they are not like experimenting that much so the privately owned media is more or less uh, doing something that is like has a sure outcome and um, we, we were talking about the like public media and their role in pursuing uh, innovation and so wh- what do you, what do you think about this you mean whether whether public broadcasters should uh, should participate in innovation and research in comparison to private ones yes and how much should it be like on the shoulders of, of public uh, broadcasters to like innovate and uh, let's say move the whole uh, like media forward or even the the private ones and how much should like maybe the private ones contribute okay the, this is this is my personal opinion of course but um I mean, who who else has has the liberty of um, of experimenting as much as they could, like the, than the private, uh, sorry, than the than the public ones? At least in Germany, I mean, they're they're very well funded, and um, Mark can probably say something about this too. <laughs> there is a, there's a lot of money there, um, and they don't actually have the pressure of. Of failing that much because for for them for the public broadcasters it's not about losing an audience hence losing money hence losing their business they get the money and they i mean they should there should be a lot more experiments within the public broadcasters i think um and i mean we've seen some of that changing in germany and i'm sure it's it happens in other countries as well um but it's going very slowly and i always think it should go it should go a lot faster because there is no the, the 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 height of falling after after you fail with an idea is a lot um, less dangerous than it is for a private company. If a private company does a new program and they invest a lot of money in it and it fails, they lose a lot of it and it could cost them their their business. But for a public broadcaster, that's not the case. Um, so yes, I definitely think they should be they should be very much involved in in uh, innovation and research, um, but then of course also you know, allow their ideas to be reused by others because it, it's already been paid for. It's public money. Mark, and, what but, do you think? It's a, yeah, it's a uh, it's a very good statement. I would sign that petition petition straight away. <laughs> I think uh, every every public broadcaster should do more innovations. I, I think that too. But you can you could could have a different argument and say that the private um, the private broadcasters and the private companies they, they have to innovate things because they have to survive you know what i mean um so yeah they have yeah. to to invent new stuff to get money and so on so you could you could see it from that side as well but i, I i'm still sure. i still think that public broadcasters should do it and should make it available for everyone I, I really like the statement. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we also know, Mark and I, for sure, and David, you might know it too, is the debate in Germany about, and that's just an example, the uh, the RID app, that, or Tagesschau app, rather, and the whole legal dispute that private companies, in this in this case, the, uh, the newspaper companies were having with RID, whether this app is, you know, within the legal limit, limits of... Um, public broadcaster or going way beyond. Tilman, you explained this to me in Italy. Yeah. I didn't know that, but can you just like real quick explain <laughs> it to, to the audience who don't know the, the case? Okay. Okay, so briefly, 
in Germany, there's, there's of course a law for the public broadcasters, like what, what um, kind of media or what kind of context information are they, are they supposed to, um, to publicize? Or, um, and when they did, when the Tagesschau, which is like one of the head, the, the main news um, um, programs in Germany, when they did an app, I'm not sure how many years back, especially publishers like from the newspaper section complained about it because they said you know this is not broadcasting anymore in the traditional sense of the the talk show distributing video video news this is now more like a newspaper you're you're publishing printed text so you're interfering with our business and it's unfair because you're being funded publicly so you you have the money you can invest in that but you're you're taking away our business and we are relying on the money that we get through you know through selling our newspapers that was the basic the basic uh, fight so target show on the other hand was saying well you know no this is part of our this is part of our mission we're supposed to inform the public also including new formats and an app is a new format and i mean this was this was this started back when not everyone was having a flat rate for data on their mobile phone so of course the Tagesschau wasn't wasn't publishing uh, videos all the time, but was publishing text and images, and for them it seemed quite logical. Um, but like I said, newspaper publishers saw this differently, and, and this fight has just been resolved. Well, I think it's not even fully resolved yet, but it's just been resolved at the end of last year, I believe, um, wow. when there was a decision made that the one part of of this app was actually interfering with newspaper business back in. 2015 or 2014 uh, it's, it's yeah it's, it's definitely it, it hasn't ended yet so far because you know um, Germany is, is a federal country and we have federal states and so many different companies like newspaper companies and several public broadcasters so every uh, every newspaper company has the right to like claim what is theirs and that's why there are so many cases that Someone is suing the public broadcaster in I don't know, um, yeah, Saxony Anhalt or Saxony or Berlin Brandenburg. <laughs> so it's it's everywhere, and the like the contract they made with with the news uh, newspaper publishers is uh, way older than like the, the complete um, discussion, and the internet part just came into the contract some years ago. And apparently no one was able to foresee what is happening with the internet. So they just said, yeah, what, what the newspapers say is correct. Yeah, we don't publish texts, but no one thought what, and now we come back to the, to the topic, what, what innovations yeah. are possible like in the internet, like not only with apps, but with, uh, with gaming or VR, AR, everything that's not even in the contract. So they just say uh, everything text is ours. Do what you do, uh, like radio and TV wise, but don't come close to doing what the newspaper is doing. Yeah. But nobody's actually talking about in this whole debate about the, the real innovations, like how we tell stories, how we how we bring people closer to to news. I, I just find this very unfortunate because I mean it it clearly shows how. Um, how way behind the, the political debate is um, behind the actual state of innovation. 
right? I mean, these these laws have been in place for for many many years, um, but also the internet has been around now for quite a few years. So, so we really there really needs to be an adjustment to to deal with the situation and finally make yeah well find a solution for these conflicts. Um, that that's at least one side the one side that I see it. The other side is that nowadays and now I'm, I'm not going to say the, the buzzword but you think you know what i'm talking about when i continue you know with um with the situ with with brexit and with trump and everything that surrounds this on social media and the media the media um in general i think i think public and private broadcasters or newspapers the whole media business should stop really try to stop fighting about these things and and rather join in finding finding new ways of telling stories and and well rehabilitating trust in the media and and fighting each other is not going to help this so that's that's the other side i see to it where i'm a bit frustrated about this whole debate um and why such a thing like this debate on this uh whether the target show app is now like a like a newspaper or not why that is actually still being debated it should it should be a thing of the past and they should all move on and try to find new solutions again a very nice statement a very very nice statement <laughs> and, I, and i think i think you know it from your daily work when it comes down to like the, the local area we all work together with like the newspaper journalists and so on. We know each other. We are friends for, for some years yeah. now and it doesn't really matter what we do. Of course, there is uh, always like a competition because everyone wants to be the best, but that's actually a good thing. And we all yeah. know each other. We all like each other. Like the, the online bosses um, drink coffee or beer together and we just talk <laughs> about what we, what we are doing. Uh, but on the like on the very high um, yeah, like um, company areas uh, everyone is still fighting so it's of course it's because of the money and we like small small journalists um just can yeah use what we get but they like really have to decide maybe i can throw in, throw in one good example that that or one that i really like and which has come up a lot of german news lately is the cooperation between um what is it ndr vdr and süddeutsche zeitung Yes, um, Mark, I'm sure has heard this before. Um, it's 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 two broadcasters, two public broadcasters, part of the RAD family, uh, the 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 northern like the NDR Norddeutsche Rundfunk and the WDR the Westdeutsche Rundfunk, who are both public, cooperating with with a private newspaper, a privately owned newspaper, the Süddeutsche Zeitung, and they're cooperating and sharing resources on um, on investigative journalism. And they've done a lot of great things over the last two or three years. Like the Panama Papers, they were involved in that as well from the German side. And I think that's, I mean, that's, there, there was a lot of criticism at the beginning because they said, you know, how, how can that be that public money is going now indirectly towards a newspaper, a privately owned newspaper? But I still think this is a good combination. I mean, they're doing a great job and it should be, there should be more corporations like this. I think we we could... We could start a whole podcast series about the <laughs> role of public broadcasters in general and, and private companies. Uh, it would, I, we could fill like hours talking about this, Probably. I guess. Yeah. Probably. But back to your work. <laughs> uh, what is 
because I know when it comes to um, introducing new projects and new ideas. But what is what are the biggest struggles and problems for you? I know for for us it's it's definitely the time because everyone is working in shifts. We don't have a lab like this. Uh, but what are your struggles when you want to innovate or get new ideas, develop new projects, and so on? Well, I would separate this into two things. Um, I mean, for us as the innovation department, we we like I said, we we work on the basis of these research projects um, funded by the EU mainly. So for these projects, we have three years. Um, and, and as long as we do what we what we plan to do, as long as we fulfill the contract, we get the money. So there's, let's say, less restrictions. But the, what you just described are this, are restrictions that we or limits that we encounter when we try to when we try to get the ideas that across to our editorial departments, because then we run into exactly these these things. Um, journalists have shifts, and their days are usually already filled with with regular work i mean they have to write their stories they have to do research um and they will have a way of doing it and now you come in with a new idea and say hey by the way why don't you try it this way <laughs> and of course it, it you know overturns overthrows processes that are in place and people are sometimes reluctant to accept them because they would have to do it at first they would have to do it on top of their regular work so when it comes to the knowledge transfer, we do have these kind of problems. Um, for our projects during those three years, sometimes it's also the problem that you know we do. We have a requirements phase because we usually work on a prototype. Um, so for these requirements, we need to do interviews with journalists from our editorial departments, and sometimes it's really difficult to get them for an interview um, for a focus group again because they don't have the time for this and they would have to do it on top. Um, and I had just had another example, but I forgot. <laughs> but but <laughs> it's these kind of things. Um, within our projects, maybe that's another example, but um, it's, it's rather that you have a group of very different um, partners in these projects. There's usually, there's usually some research partners like universities or think tanks. Um, then there's some industrial partners, either a media company or... Um, a, a IT company, and then there's broadcasters like the BBC or like the Rai, the Italian one, um, or like us. And all of all of us, you know, all all the the different partners in the projects have a different idea of how the project should run, should go, and that of course sometimes is um, a bit of a conflict situation because the technical partners wanted to do it this way and we say no 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 you know this we're aiming at journalists we need to do it that way and it brings about a lot of discussion which eventually not always but in some cases also leads to um well from our point of view a less useful prototype something that we didn't not necessarily that we can't necessarily use with our journalists or convince our journalists to use in their daily work or at least to test and give us more feedback what we did because we we saw the same problem we had like a, um, a meeting or we have a yearly meeting with just our online team and we said oh, it's really hard we actually want to do projects and we want to have more time for this so we decided and um, my online boss was really supportive with this uh, we decided that everyone has within his shifts uh, 20 minutes per day where he can do whatever he wants, in a, uh, like, yeah, work on projects, read articles that help him or her 
like understanding the, the, the like the digital media process and so on. Um, it's really hard because you know when you work in a sh in a shift, you have to do stuff. But we like we every every day we say like please do your 20 minutes of, of free time and it's I, I think it works quite good so maybe yeah. we can give this as a as a, a tip <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely sounds like a good idea I, how, how much do you get done in 20 minutes so that's my <laughs> that's my question the idea is not to like develop whole projects or so but sometimes you you just saw an interesting article and you think it would be helpful for your work but then you come home and maybe you have your family there or have other things and you can't, like not everybody is crazy like us who was in a, in a digital media community <laughs> next to working and going to um, conferences and so on so most of my colleagues just go home and have their families and don't just don't have the time so that's that's the idea and have, if they lead some projects or do some projects they have time to i don't know make a call or write an email or or whatever so yeah, you can you get you get something done in twenty minutes. Well, I like the idea so very much. Um, David, are, would you do uh, the honor of are... of having the last question for Tillman? Yes, thanks, Marco. We are approaching our um, time. Uh, so my, my question is: um, when you're like working in like the for the innovation team, and uh, um, we we talked about the, the struggles with the laws and with with uh, the, the others, but uh, what do you think? Are the the digital skills uh, needed nowadays? Because um, in a in a way we uh, have uh, uh, talked about this two weeks ago when we have Wojtek from um, uh, Radio Free Europe who 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 told us that mm -hmm. they are doing like uh, cool stuff and uh, it was mainly because he he knows and like he knows how to uh, program uh, he's like a back-end front-end developer he has some visual people and uh, so what what is what would be your uh, answer to this or your approach well I, I would say it definitely helps to know how to program <laughs> but I mean I'm saying this I'm saying this not being a programmer myself um, like I have basic HTML and CSS skills which which are already helpful um, and I do have like very, very basic programming skills from, from my first master's program. Um, but sometimes I wish I, I would know more, like especially when it comes to Python or R. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, but, but simply because, um, you know, I, I, I read a lot of state stories on data journalism because it's also one of my topics. Um, and I, was, I follow follow the debate on very broad on social media i mean i follow on on changes in facebook and twitter and and new social networks um and sometimes i just you know i wish i could i could i could grab stuff from from let's say twitter and and work more with this and try to you know get more of an in-depth view on things and i also see this in our projects a lot of times it comes down to how can we use user-generated content from the social networks and I I always try to find ways, at least for me, for for little things to let to scrape uh, to to scrape Twitter or to scrape a website, and uh, well, I always feel like okay, if I knew how to program better, then I could probably do this myself. This way, I'm either using tools that are not working properly for me, or I'll have to rely on somebody else's coding skills. Um, 
and I have I I have like I said I had a colleague one colleague Andy who's now in the lab who did a lot of programming for us um, and we had another colleague Cosmin who did uh, some programming and they did wonderful things and without really, I mean you don't have to be a super expert but at least some basic knowledge um, does help a lot that, that is actually what you just said is something we like uh, as, as well like if I could like uh, if, if if you gave me a choice to like hire a journalist or a developer I would say like definitely I want uh, like someone <laughs> who can code <laughs> because well it doesn't have to be a difference anymore right the coders can be journalists and journalists can be coders yes 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 totally agree uh, okay well that was wonderful Mark do you have uh, anything additional to say or uh, ask I think there are so many questions left and <laughs> we should do this again soon, maybe with a coffee, <laughs> with a coffee or beer in our hand and seeing each other in the eyes. No, but uh, thank you when very much. Journalism conference. <laughs> uh, I think there is one every week, so <laughs> there, there must be a choice for, for a meetup. True. And uh, I, I know that uh, flights are really cheap from Bratislava to Berlin and vice versa. So <laughs> Yeah, they're super cheap. They're yeah. like 10 euros there and back uh, sometimes. Yeah. Wow. So it's cheaper yeah, to okay. get to my like home city sometimes. So maybe I have to check out how to get to Bratislava from Tirana. I'm not sure if that's so easy. I'm not uh, sure about that actually. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can meet in Berlin. I'm I'm okay. Uh, also like uh, you're welcome to Bratislava. Um uh, you should definitely come. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure to like be on uh, on my first episode as as a co-host. Thank you very much. It was it was very funny, and I'm sure we, yeah, we hear each other now, like every week or even more often. Yes, I hope so. And uh, thank you, Tilman, Tilman, for coming to the podcast and talking to us. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. That was really nice. And uh, to all our listeners, uh, thank you for listening until this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you a lot. Um, uh, if, if you're not yet subscribed to our podcast, uh, just uh, go to our website, with is, with, uh, which is uh, checkyourfacts.eu, EU as in European Union. And uh, you will find all the RSS feeds and uh, uh, iTunes uh, uh, button you can subscribe to the uh, podcast uh, you can subscribe to our uh, newsletter follow us on facebook twitter instagram and um, uh, yeah and the last thing we should say mark is what don't forget to always check your facts <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very thank you guys bye yeah bye thank you bye bye